Welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome. Welcome to Business of Design. It's that time again, and this is episode 348. We're talking Marketing Matters with Daniela Furtado. I asked her. She is not related to Nelly Furtado, even though they're both from Toronto. I also asked her a question, which was kind of rude, and Daniela really handled it. Why would I ask her a rude question? Well, the topic is kind of marketing and SEO, and frankly, I think it's a losing game these days. I feel like no matter what I spend on marketing, I'll never be able to get the results I need without having big retailers like Wayfair or House come up in front of me, even when using my actual name to do a Google search. And Daniela says that's probably not wrong, but for most of us, we're not looking for the ego boost of being number one when you search for an interior design professional in Toronto. We're looking for conversions. We're looking for a marketing strategy that allows us to get directly to our ideal client. And we're going to do that by narrowing our niche, narrowing our position, being really clear about who we are targeting, and getting smart and paying attention to Google's algorithms. And she breaks those down, those five categories, technical, content, backlinks, local, and user experience. The other thing she says, and this is at the very end of the show, and it's really, really good, has to do with getting into a philosophy of selling one thing to one person over and over again and being crystal clear about who that one person is. It really made a lot of sense to me and has me rethinking a bit of our marketing strategy, which is the best part of doing this show. I'm constantly fine-tuning things because of smart guests. Daniela has a lot of good, meaty information. And let's be honest, we do want to reach our ideal clients. So this is a good episode. You can find Daniela at findabledigitalmarketing.com. Go to the website. She's got some tools there that you can use. You can also find her on LinkedIn or reach her by email, Daniela at findabledigitalmarketing.com. All of that information is in the show notes, by the way. Don't try to write that down while you're driving. Not a good idea. I have a favorite podcast I listen to all the time, Political Gab Fest. And at the very end of the show, they do something called Cocktail Chatter. And the three hosts just riff on something that has excited them during the week. It might be a great book. It might be a recipe, a restaurant. It could be something, you know, political, some Supreme Court case. And I Every single week, we'll go to their 
website to look at the show notes because there's so much good information in there. So if you get in the habit of doing that, I think you'll be in really good shape. Quick announcements from Cheryl Horn and right into the episode. And thank you so much for being here. Hey, Cheryl, what is happening at Business of Design besides like a flurry of activity? Well, it is. It. I don't know why I'm surprised by this every year because it's always the same. November and December, we always get sort of a wave of new members, even more so than January. You'd think like people setting New Year's resolutions, January would be our busy month, but November, December, usually, you know, people are looking at their year end, that sort of thing, planning ahead and we get a wave of membership. So I just thought I would do something different and offer sort of an information session about membership, do a screen share, walk you through what you can expect once you get into membership, because we get a lot of questions about like, how do you take the courses? How is it laid out? Um, Mm -hmm. Things like that, sort of best practices for using your membership and getting through the learnings once you're in there. And then, of course, I'm happy to answer questions, content-based in terms of what our programming is about. So I would love to have you uh, sign up and join me for that. It's in the event section of the website. You do need to register. It's going to be a quick Zoom call. And that's happening on Wednesday, November 8th at 1 p.m. EST. So, and that's a free event if you have yeah. questions on membership work. I had a question the other day, which I hadn't had before, which is, is membership to to complete the BOD 15 and take all the courses, hundreds of videos, is it complicated? Is there a steep learning curve like there is with all the design software, all the apps that help you uh, do your billable oh. hours and you're purchasing? I'm like, oh my gosh, no, it's no. so easy. So I, I can see why maybe there's a need for that. So tell me the date again, yeah. November the... So it's going to be Wednesday, November 8th at 1 p.m., uh, you do need to register through Zoom because obviously we're expecting non-members to be signing up, but it is it is free. It's just an information session so that, uh, you know, I do a lot of one-off phone calls explaining membership. I just thought it would be helpful to actually see it. Um, you know, the videos, how it flows, how you can track your progress, things like that, as well as some of the other um, areas that are in there and what you have access to. And then, of course, just sort of a quick walk through each of the, the programs so that you know what content you're getting access to because it is all of our programs. We get a lot of questions if, you know, when we promote an individual course, oh, is that part of membership or do I need to pay for that separately? So I want it to sort of be clear that all of our programs are included. When you uh, click on membership on the website, all the ones that are listed on that page, it's all uh, part of membership. So I'd love for you to join me, ask your questions, and hopefully we can get you signed up so that next year is your best year yet implementing the BOD 15. Yes, because it does take that, right? If you really intend to have a year that's profitable beyond your wildest dreams, you've got to implement the system. We just had BOD boss of one of our boss groups in Las Vegas. Two of the members, at least two, quadrupled their profitability. Like, that's wow. easy. Yeah, right? quadrupled. That's amazing. So it was gross profit they quadrupled. And one of them took some profit away in another category. So at the end, she only netted about double her profit. But okay. Only. Only well, double. Yeah, we'll <laughs> take it, right? I mean, that was... And these are people who have been in the boss group for a while. So this is not yeah. a new starting out. Anyway, I love that you're doing that. Thank you for doing that. Everybody sign up and hang out with Cheryl. She's smart and she knows how to encourage you to implement in the right order. Yeah. Yeah. So we will be talking sort of best practices because implementing is such a big part of it, right? You can't just do the courses you need to then turn around and implement. And uh, I'm happy to hold you accountable to do that. So let's meet face-to-face. I'll walk you through membership. So please join me 
November 8th, uh, registration is open on the website. Love it. All right, Cheryl. See you soon. Bye. Hey, Daniela. How are you? I'm doing super well. How are you? Good. Nice to nice to meet you. Uh, nice to be uh, talking to each other, both from Toronto today, which is wonderful. <laughs> I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And you, of course, have a company called Findable Digital Marketing. That's mm-hmm. very important because the point of marketing is to get you found, right? So we're going to talk about how do you know if people are finding you through marketing, Exactly. Yes. And I'm super excited to talk about it. We specialize in search engines, but I think a lot of the concepts that we'll be talking about today can be relevant to any marketing channel or platform. Terrific. Um, well, okay. So since you since you said that you specialize in search engines, I'm going to ask a question that I hope doesn't seem, um, I don't know, abrupt or something, but is that even a thing anymore? I feel as an interior design professional, I could spend a fortune on increasing my search engine optimization and I'm not in any way, shape or form going to be able to compete with the bigger players like Wayfair and House. No matter what I do, those players that have nothing to do with me come up in my search. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I do see that it's worth it. That's why we're still in business and we get clients. Good, good, yeah. We do it for people and it gets them a return on investment. They do see their business grow as a result of it. Um, And yeah, it's a very good point when you're competing with people or e-commerce or marketplaces that have been doing this for much longer, investing a lot more money month to month. It's easy to think like, why should I try and I think that goes into, it leads to a conversation about positioning and knowing exactly who you're targeting and marketing yourself accordingly, creating content, articulating your value in a way that is relevant to them and that they are searching for online. And that's something we have to do before we hire someone to do our marketing. We actually need to figure out, or in a best case scenario, you want to do your positioning homework, meaning you want to know in the market, where do you stand and who's your ideal client and what specifically, specifically, and this is the hard thing for most interior design professionals, specifically, what are the values and benefits that you can bring to the project? And don't say you make good looking rooms because we all do that. Forget that. That's just take that off the table. Exactly. You get it. Yes. And it's really difficult to do marketing as an agency. But even if you were to hire a marketing manager in-house, it's really difficult to create a strategy, push it forward, and then measure if it's working if you don't have that clarity to begin with about your positioning. Who exactly are your target customers? It's not everyone. Who are they? And what value do you provide? What emotional needs are you solving for them? And that's a big challenge for any business to be able to articulate that and determine that. It, and it's not, I think, something you do overnight. It takes time and a lot of testing, a lot of fine-tuning, and you have to be dedicated to working on it um, and tightening your position over years. It's interesting. You know, I, uh, I I live half the year in Toronto, half the year in Santa Monica. And in both of those cities, I'll go walking down a street that's familiar and there suddenly will be this new shop. And you know how you can tell within two minutes... If this is a shop that's a one of and intends to be a one of, 
or if this is a shop that has already invested money in figuring out their positioning and their branding, you can just tell, even though it's brand new and it's the first one of its kind, you can just tell it's ready to roll out to Hmm. a city near you. Multiple locations are ready to roll. I wonder sometimes if I would have benefited early on in my career from hiring that marketing professional and figuring out the brand and the positioning first and being able to launch with more of a clear understanding. Because I agree with you, for most of it's just years and years of fine-tuning, but how much better Mm -hmm. if you were launching as a business that was ready to be uh, scalable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Like, when do you hire marketing help and what level of support do you look for at different stages? Um, and yeah, that's very high level, right? I think oftentimes when people are looking for marketing help or support, they're hiring for marketers, they're looking for the tactical, like, I need help posting on social media or writing blog posts or doing ads. And, um, and you know, your positioning, it's a lot higher level than that. Yeah, I for in my case, uh, Findable Digital Marketing specializes in SEO for the design and build industry, and I came up with that positioning because of two things. I knew that I wanted to walk the talk. If I'm helping other people get clients on Google, I wanted to do the same for myself, and so I knew that I had to stand out in some way. Because just like you said at the beginning of this conversation, just you know, trying to get to the first page for SEO agency near me, I had no, I couldn't stand a chance. There's no way that I would be able to rank on the first page as a brand new business. So I knew that I had to get a lot more specific. And I looked at the projects that I had at the time. It was like a potpourri of clients I had. And um, interior design, I thought, had the most opportunity for growth. I could see there was like that so many of them were starting at zero and they needed a lot of support to get to number one. So I think for interior designers, it's probably, you need to have, um, I think reflection, you know, to sit down and with yourself and say, okay, (laughs) there are a lot of other people out there. What makes me different? How do I want to stand out instead of trying to stand out in the entire Atlantic ocean? How can I stand out to a pond or Lake Ontario to bring it to like Toronto references. Yeah, yeah. Narrow, right? Get Create a narrow yeah. niche. I mean, over and over again, we hear that the best position is the most narrow position. If you were only mm-hmm. serving clients in an extremely small area, particularly an area that was difficult to get to, um, you would have a better chance than if you're trying to serve all of the greater GTA or all of the greater Baltimore or wherever you're from. So narrowing your position is really important and that's homework that needs to be done probably before you hire that marketing expert. But let's Absolutely. say you're, you've you gone ahead and you're going to commit to some marketing program and we mm-hmm. want to talk about knowing whether or not that's successful. Because one of the problems I always had, particularly, you know, 15, 20 years ago, super busy, way too many clients, and we would execute these marketing strategies, but I had no time to assess whether or not they were working. So you just keep throwing good money after bad, or you're not paying attention that something's really successful and you should double down your efforts on that. So so talk to us about how we can assess whether or not a marketing campaign is successful. Mm-hmm. So definitely starting with understanding what are you trying to sell and to who. So for example, let's say you're an interior design firm that designs playrooms 
Um, and that's your specialization. So that's quite clear. And you're trying to target maybe it's schools, daycares, or maybe it's parents that want a, a really cool playroom for their children. So starting with what is it that you're selling and to whom will really influence the metrics that you're going after. So if you're doing SEO, for example, you'd want to come up for what we call bottom bottom of the funnel keywords or high priority keywords, which would be interior designer for playrooms or interior designer for daycare, interior designer for whatever, you know, toddlers, infants, (laughs) exhausted moms. (laughs) Exactly. So for SEO, that's how it starts. It's defining what keywords are you trying to go after that really speak to your positioning and the kind of clients that you're trying to go after then from there metrics would be tracking your positioning for those respective keywords and in regions that are relevant to you right it, you want to see your positioning be as high as possible you want to be top three for those keywords in toronto but you if you're operating in toronto but you may not care about how you rank in tokyo right so Um, it starts, I think for SEO, it starts, that's one way to measure in the beginning, right? Because it's going to take some time for you to see, uh, uh, any sort of return, but that's a a metric that can help, you know, if you're progressing in the right direction, right? The next stage of metrics would be, okay, are you actually getting traffic? Are you seeing an increase of website visitors to your site and how engaged are they to your site? Are they sticking around and are they sending emails? Are they inquiring? Are they filling out your contact form or booking an appointment? So how many leads are you getting? is like a tremendously important metric, Mm -hmm. no matter the channel. What I commonly see people um, flop is they don't have a very clear process to inquire. So the call to action is not very clear. I've seen some cases where people say, um, get a quote, but then you actually submit submit a a contact form or book an appointment. So be consistent in communicating what the next step is and having a process to track those inquiries that are coming in. So if it's a contact form, are you asking people, how did you hear about us? Once they're on the call, are you asking that question and tracking it? It's such an easy thing to do. It's so simple, but it's tremendously important to track your data. This is data. Every inquiry you get is data and that needs to be tracked. And so at the end of every month, putting that information together and seeing, okay, yeah, we got 20 inquiries this month and 10 came from Instagram and five came from SEO or vice versa. Um, I think those are the most important metrics, in my opinion, are how many inquiries did you get every month? Where did they come from? What was the quality? Those are the most important. And then on every platform, what are the progressive metrics that help you get to that that in, you know golden metric of inquiries? Do you think sometimes that we, I mean, I think Google Analytics is pretty good and it will tell you where your leads are coming from and it'll even kind of tell you where they're dropping off. But the bottom line, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter at least you tell me, I think it doesn't matter if I get 5,000 people looking at my website. If none of them convert to paying customers, I've missed the boat. So is that part of it too? Just being aware of, like, keep your eye on the prize, make sure you know what the prize is. Because for most of us, the prize is just not the ego inflation that would happen from being first person who comes up in a search. I don't care about that. I care Mm -hmm. that if somebody does want to find me, they convert to a project. 
Right, exactly. And so that starts with, again, going back to positioning and that your positioning influences the keywords and content that you're creating on your site. So, you know, if you're creating content about like top 10 wallpapers for your bathroom, then you're going to get a lot of DIYers, people that are just browsing, getting ideas, doing research. So yeah, you can rank on the top page of Google for that. And yes, you can get hundreds or thousands of hits on your site for that, but that's not the kind of that doesn't speak to your positioning. It doesn't speak to your ultimate business goals, which is to increase sales from a specific target customer. Mm. It, it's not aligned, right? So that's the, the value of having a marketing strategy. But what would be of value is if you are um, creating content around how to hire an interior designer, what the role of an interior designer is. And then if, of course, if you're specialized to say kitchens or playrooms or retail spaces, and you can get a lot more nitty gritty. And that traffic is valuable. And so Google Analytics can be quite insightful in knowing what pages are resonating with people, which ones are they sticking to? Are people joining your email newsletter after reading one particular blog post? I've seen cases where we are creating tons of blog posts for clients, but one really stands out and consistently gets leads because the the thought leadership, you know, like the expertise behind it, the thought behind it was so impressive to the readers that they're like, oh, this person is an expert. I know they know what they're talking about, but this is all I need to know. I'm going to contact them. I've seen cases of that yeah. all the time. So, And you do have to be yeah. aware because you might have a blog post, for example, or, you know, something on your website that gets a lot of hits, but it doesn't convert to clients. You might have this other thing that's off to the side and it occasionally mm-hmm. gets you the client. So it's not so much about the amount of traffic. It's about um, the amount of traffic that converts to paying customers, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You could have a blog post that maybe only gets you a few hundred hits uh, a month, but like I said, it's so the expertise and the content behind it is so rich that it impresses people. And that's what ends up converting people consistently. So maybe of those 100 hits, maybe 10, <laughs> 10 people are reaching out to you. And that's a that's a sizable amount for an interior design firm. Yeah. And then if you're if you're paying attention to the contents of whatever that was, you can create more content that matches right. that flavor and flair and hopefully even increase it further and continue to just narrow, narrow, narrow the niche. That's I think that's a mm-hmm. big challenge for most of us. Mm-hmm. In addition to, um, well, all roads lead back to taking time to analyze the results. So you just can't get around that. You just can't like throw money at a marketing campaign or a marketing company and only look at we gained X number of new followers on Instagram. That's just not a return on your investment. So how often or what types of milestones should we be looking for as we commit to a new marketing campaign to tell us if we're on the right track? Yeah. Do you mind if I speak to SEO specifically? Yeah, no, go go for it. Yeah. So SEO and even Google ads. So Google ads takes about three months for the algorithm to learn how to perform, how to present your ads to the right people. So expect to just spend money for three months before you see an ROI from Google ads. SEO is a little bit longer depending on the market that you're in. So it's not the same thing trying to rank on the first page of Google organically uh, in New York City than in 
Modesto, California. Right, right. <laughs> so, but it, it, it does take SEO, organic traffic does take longer. What you want to see regardless though, is that your marketing is compounding, that you're seeing progression month to month. So in SEO, it's quite common for the first month of doing SEO, you see maybe a 5% increase in traffic. Then the following month, it's seven, eight, 10%. Then it gradually builds up to 30%, 50%, 80%. So it compounds over the time. What we see in the interior design industry, when interior designers are consistently doing SEO, and we can talk about what that means to consistently do SEO, they, by, with, by the end of the first year, website traffic has increased by five times and sales increase increased by three times. Okay. And the tighter your positioning, the higher the quality and quantity of increase. Okay. And I'm sorry, what was the thing you just said that we should, we should inquire oh. further about? <laughs> What does it mean to do SEO consistently? Yes, what does it mean? Yeah, you tell us. <laughs> so there are, um, I say there are like five groups of ranking factors when it comes to Google's algorithm. Technical, content, backlinks, local, and user experience. And so would you like me to go over what each of those Sure, five? yeah, absolutely. So technical is how are... Google's crawlers or bots navigating your site? Is it easy for it to go to one page to the next? Or is it coming across broken links and pop-ups along the way? The um, second is content. So if you want to rank on the first page of Google for interior designer for cafes, um, then you actually have to use those words on your site. Surprisingly, a lot of interior designers don't describe themselves like that on their homepage. They don't use the words interior designer in whatever city or whatever specialization. Right. Oftentimes we just design or just studio, but it's, uh, we don't actually use the words that people are right. looking for to describe yourself. And you could just use so, those as a hashtag at the bottom too, right? You don't have to have that in the, the paragraph or do you need to have that as part of a flowing sentence? I definitely recommend using it frequently. So on your home page, you don't have to use it in your URL, but if you have a service page, definitely use it in the URL and the H1. So the title of the home page, and then sporadically through the body paragraph. Um, and if there are any subtitles when it's relevant to use it then and in the footer. So you definitely do okay, need to use it. Wow. Frequently. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. We don't do that. <laughs> I'm thinking right now. I don't, I don't think we do that. I don't know. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you want to rank on the first page for a keyword or a series of keywords, then you actually have to use them on your website in the right places and in the right amount. Too little, it's not enough for Google to pick it up, and too much, and it gets stuffy, robotic, very mm -hmm. hard to read. Um, both for bots, you could actually get dinged by Google's bots if you use it too much. It's called keyword stuffing, but also it just people disengage if they to start to read that your content is stuffed with keywords. Repetitive, repetitive, yeah. So that's technical content. Then we have local. Like I said earlier, you care about your rankings in your city, but you probably don't care what your rankings are like in, in Tokyo or in uh, Sao Paulo in Brazil. So local means having a Google Maps listing, which is super underrated, but super, super powerful. So creating a Google Maps listing, optimizing it, uploading it, your photos, and getting reviews on a consistent basis. As well on your site, 
putting your address, if you have an office or a virtual office, putting your address and sending indicators to Google that you are in whatever city that you're in. So that's technical, content, local. Then we have backlinks. Backlinks are essentially, it's essentially digital PR. So you could say you're the best interior design firm in New York City, but if nobody else is saying that's on their site and linking back to you, then it only has so much weight. And so backlinks comes down to who is linking to your site and how often are people linking to it. So getting featured in local local press, uh, design publications, um, if you're sponsoring events and, and they're linking to you, that really helps with your SEO. And the last group is um, is user experience, right? So is it mobile friendly? Is it responsive to different internet browsers? So um, consistency, going back to the, the question, what does it mean to be consistent with SEO? It means that you're consistently um, addressing each one of the groups on a monthly basis. So are you consistently making sure that your website is fast and, and easy to read for crawlers? Are you consistently putting out content, one or two blog posts a month, or case studies or portfolio pieces also count? Are you consistently getting reviews on Google Maps for your services? Are you consistently getting links or press features? Even just once a month is, is something, as long as it's consistent. And then are you consistently uh, checking that your website is mobile-friendly? Usually, if you do it once um, pretty well, if you have a good designer, then it's not something you have to double-check and fix every month. But maybe once a year, check that your website is functioning and up to par. When I listen to all of this and I and I hear you talk about each of these, it's little wonder that most of us cannot manage this on our own. You just it's yeah. just not something you could just kind of tuck into your already too busy day and expect to be successful. And it does seem like if you really want to make a dent, you've got to come up with at least a budget that will carry you six months or longer if you plan mm-hmm. to see a difference and, and make, a, make a big impression. And perhaps mm-hmm. that's part of the scary thing too, is you set out to hire someone, you're thinking, well, I'm only going to commit to a couple months because I want to see what's going to happen. But the reality is not a lot is going to happen in a couple months. You really have to give it a, a you know, some period of time that's bigger than that. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're running a marathon, right? And if you're just going to start slow, well, everyone else has already started and they're running much faster than you. So you have to put in the work. And the same could be said to any marketing channel, right? It's the same with social media nowadays, um, ads. uh, It's, yeah, uh, even in business, right? Like it it takes time to, you have to consistently put in the reps and it takes time to see uh, the results and the the fruit of your labor. Strength training. It's like, you know, lifting weights at first, it's so hard. It takes a while and you have to do it even on the days you don't feel like doing it. You just have to, be, it, consistency is just part of it. Have you ever found yourself drowning in a sea of vendor logins, clicking through endless links and trying to keep tabs on all the orders for all your design projects? Well, say hello to Daniel House Club. They're not just any old club. They're founded by fellow designers who get us. They'll provide you with everything you need to manage your design business all in one place. Let Daniel House Club take the order logistics off your hands and handle the hassle. And that lets you focus on what you do best, which is design beautiful spaces, right? 
with the industry's lowest trade pricing and flat rate shipping, which is awesome, across top vendors like Forehands, Eichholz, and Korean Co., you can take control of your business and increase your bottom line while delivering exceptional value. Join as a Pro Plus member today and get 50% off your membership at danielhouse.club backslash BOD. And because this community is so important to Daniel House Club, they're extending another special offer. Top BOD customers on DHC currently have over $100,000 of furniture on each of their boards. Whether you've been on DHC for years or you're signing up today, Add $10,000 worth of goods to your board. That's not a lot, right? And you will be emailed a $100 gift card to use on future orders. Thank you, Daniel House Club. We love that. So have in terms of assessing whether our marketing efforts are working, uh, mm-hmm. and we're looking at the increase of SEO, we're looking at the number of people who convert to paid clients from regular clients, are there other things that we're looking for that are telling us that we're on the right track or we need to ignore sunk costs and go in a different direction? Like, What are those big like pay attention moments? So if you have an e-commerce, then you can get a lot more granular because the entire purchasing process is happening on your site. So we could look at what are the top performing pages and it's up to us to define what is top performing. Maybe what is um, bringing, what's initiating the first transaction or what are uh, people adding to cards after they've already added one uh, uh, item to their cart. So with an e-commerce, we can get a lot more what I call marketing freaky, marketing nerdy, and have more specific metrics. But I think for um, a service-based business where you are taking your your website acts as a a business development person, right? It's getting people into the site Mm. to know who you are and book a call. I think there it's just a matter of how are people finding you? Let's double down on what's working and stop Uh, what's not working and how long are they sticking to your site? How long does it take for them to uh, book a call with you once they first entered your site? So those it's quite high level. It's luckily it's not too complicated. Um, The other half of the equation is okay. Once people have booked a call with you um, tracking the quality of it and how far they get to the sales cycle a really common challenge I see when we're trying to measure the effectiveness of marketing for professional services like interior designers or architects is that we're sending you all this traffic, all these inquiries, but do you have the process and skills in place to make them stick, to convert them? Mm -hmm. And it's a lot more difficult to, not I don't want to say difficult, but it's a different game that you're playing when you're trying to sell to a cold lead that just heard about your name and your website a few weeks ago versus someone that heard about you through a friend or met you in person. And so that's one of the challenges of tracking success is that people sometimes say, hey, Daniela, you got me 12 leads this month. They were really great, but they didn't convert into sales. And so they sometimes associate that with marketing 
it's a marketing problem, but maybe it's a sales problem. Mm. Yeah, it's me. It's probably it's probably both, right? Because part of mm-hmm. the marketing is going to create this tight and narrow funnel where your ideal clients are the ones that are phoning you. Because we talk to lots of interior design professionals who say they get you know six, seven, eight, nine calls a month, but those mm-hmm. client those calls don't turn into paid consultations and paid projects. So. Yeah. It's actually just a drain on your income to answer those calls and talk to those people. So I do think you also have to be clear enough on your website that this is the customer you're looking for. Allow them to self-select before they pick up the phone and you know call your office and drain you of resources. It's depressing, right, to answer twelve phone calls and not get a project. You want mm-hmm. this. You want the odds to be much much higher. So it sounds like there's a lot of. There's some back and forth work that has to happen with your marketing team um, yeah. to allow you to get to that sweet spot where you're just really constantly only getting those calls from your ideal clients. Right. And so when you typically start a marketing campaign, you want to cast a wide net and see what comes to you. And then as you start to see patterns, then you... Uh, create kind of barriers so that people don't get too far if they're not qualified. So that could be adding more questions on your contact form. Um, It could be stating your prices, starting prices, or what to expect or what you do not do or what kind of projects you don't take on. I don't think there's any shame in being transparent and honest with people um, up front about what kind of work that you do. Another approach to take is In your portfolio, you could also state um, the details, like how big the properties were. I've also seen people state the the budget of the project so people get an idea of the caliber of projects that you typically take on and can Mm -hmm. kind of unqualify themselves. Um, It could also be creating a – maybe people don't call you right away, but maybe they have to – fill out a questionnaire, have some sort of email exchange, maybe speak to your assistant and that your assistant qualifies them in the first call before they they speak to you. So yeah, it's definitely a process to figure out what's that smooth transition between marketing to sales. And the two of them is kind of like this infinity sign, like a figure eight where they they speak to each other and help each other out to, to get the best result. Mm. Such so many um, important things to think about. And it's kind of, sometimes it feels overwhelming. So let's say you're somebody, you're like, I know I need to start. I know yeah. I need to do something. I am so overwhelmed because there's so many, there's so many platforms out there and there's so many, there's so much help out there. Where do I start? Where am I going to get some immediate kind of good motivation to keep me moving forward? Yeah, I definitely think doing some reflection work to begin with um, about your marketing strategy is fundamental. So what ser- choose one service and one target customer and sell the... I, I heard someone say, I think it was um, it was on another podcast, someone said, you should be selling one thing to one person over and over and over again until you hit 100K. Mm. Um, and that was like a... a lower tier uh, ticket item. So mm-hmm. maybe that's 500K for interior designers, whatever number it is. Right. So get into the habit of selling the exact same thing to the exact same people. And ideally on one channel before you add another one. Right. So think about what is it that you're going to sell to whom and get into the practice of articulating the value 
to them until you know what exact lines you should be saying for them to say, ah, yes, you get me. And, you know, so it's like essentially perfecting or mastering your sales pitch, your your value proposition. I think it starts with there. That's the fundamentals. And when you do that, you get a better idea of what these people are looking for and where. And that will help you determine where you need to start. So by speaking to the same target customer over and over again, they will tell you where they spend their time on online or in person. They will tell you which podcasts they're listening to, which social media platforms they're following, what they're searching for on Google, which conferences they're going to, wherever they spend their time. And that will help you figure out, okay, where you need to go. Because like you said, there are just so many different channels. It's hard to know where to start. Pick one, max two, and again, master that. Sell the same thing to the same people in those same places over and over again, and you'll get better. You'll start creating a process to show up consistently in those places. So if it's Google, you'll create a process to to appear on Google. And with time, you will solidify your positioning in those respective channels. Um, So yeah, I hope that answers your question. (laughs) I love that answer. Are you kidding? Sell one thing to one client over and over again. That That is as simple as it can be, right? I'm just selling a consultation and I'm looking for the client who thinks that consultation sounds like great value and exactly what she might be looking for. And then everything else takes care of itself. Thank you so much. We like to end every episode with something we call design intervention. Just a great piece of business advice. It does not have to be late related to marketing, but it could be. Oh, yes. There's so many things. I think that I'm in a season right now where I'm trying to work on consistency. So I think for me, um, the best business advice I've received is uh, like consistency is king and uh, putting in the reps. If you put in the reps and you will get there. Um, It's challenging as a business owner, though, to do one thing consistently because I think we got into this because we love to be dynamic and diverse and try different things and do a little bit of everything. And it seems like against our I know. Designers are a little creative. I want to be creative and do it differently every time. But but you're so right. Like consistency is king. Without that, you're never going to make inroads into the things that are most important. And mm-hmm. I love, I love just do the reps. It just reminds me of working out, like not exactly fun to jump on my bike and do whatever, 45 minutes of sweaty, you know, working out. But I know that I'll feel better over time if I consistently do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, such good advice. Too much to think about. Daniela, thank you so, so much. Enjoy. It looks like there's beautiful sunshine out the window this morning. Thank you. Thank you so much again for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life.